Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to another episode, and it's almost currently 11.30am, yes. So, uh, we have some uh, updates here. So, my broken skidster that I got running and then broke again, um, I took the radiator, um, in the last podcast I covered that um, I had the oil, the hydraulic um, oil cooler um, record because it had a massive leak in it uh, and then also one of the main drive lines that supply um, high pressure hydraulic fluid to one of the drive motors for the right side um, you know tires um, got replaced as well uh, and then I ran the machine doing some work and um, next thing you know I have another leak and another issue right uh, so this time was the radiator which I knew at some point the radiator would fail because uh, when I when I first purchased this machine many, 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 many years ago, the radiator was actually in bad shape when I got it. In fact, it was so clogged up, no water was moving through it. So I had to flush the radiator, flush the radiator. Uh, actually, I flushed that thing like four or five times and then let it soak and um, put pressure through it to try to blow out whatever I could. And it, and it did the job. And I was able to operate the machine for many years um, until currently. Um, so this time it blew um, one of the the veins out. Um, in a radiator, you have this um, tube that runs all like all different directions all over the place in your radiator, and then you have these fins. The fins help um, dissipate the heat to help cool it off. Well, the the tubing right where the fin attaches to had a really big hole. So I took it to the same place that I um, took my hydraulic. Uh, oil cooler to uh, and they went ahead and fixed it so the oil cooler was a hundred dollars to fix that was like last week and then the radiator because it's a lot bigger um, was total with tax was 247 so 247 dollars to have it fixed which is still way cheaper than me buying a brand new one they basically record it so it's like brand new again um, a brand new radiator I last time I priced it I think it was Now, I think it was anywhere between $450 and $600, somewhere in there. And that doesn't include shipping to Hawaii. So, for $246 or $47, um, that's that's a pretty good deal, you know? So, I have it in the back of the truck. I just picked it up. I'm actually driving back across the island to, uh, you know, the ranch where I got the machine. And I'm going to go ahead and reassemble it, put it back together. And then, we're going to run the machine again. And I do know I have a smaller hydraulic leak someplace else under the cab. Um, but I can't put my finger on exactly where it's located just yet. So maybe as time goes on from me, um, you know, working the machine, it'll review itself a little bit better. Um, if the leak is extremely slow and, and low, then I may just let it, let it leak for a little bit. Um, until it gets to a point where it needs to be addressed and, um, you know... Uh, replaced because I don't know if it's leaking on a soft line or one of the hard lines because in this one area there's a bunch of lines all kind of jumbled together and so everything you know has hydraulic fluid on it so it's hard to tell where it's coming out at the moment so like I said I'll go ahead and put the radiator on uh, put radiator fluid back in it um, antifreeze and then run the machine Uh, what I plan on actually doing is moving a lot of stuff in my yard 
I'm actually going to be moving the bio digester. Um, so I do have some videos going to be coming up with that. Um, it's been, I emptied it out, uh, let's see, a couple, I don't know how many months ago. Um, I've had it empty for some months now at least um, because I was doing a way bigger project and I wasn't going to be at my off-grid home too often. Um, but now that I'm back out there, you know, we're doing fencing, we have a lot of other projects going on, plus my other bigger project is completed, um, you know, I'm going to sp be spending a lot more time at my off-grid ranch house. So, um, yeah, we're going to be moving the biodigester. Um, I do have a 20 by 20 um, carport um, that's still sitting on a pallet. I bought two of them, and um, this was probably about oh, a year ago at least. And I I assembled one of them at one of my other properties to cover other things up. Um, but I still have one that's um, sit, sitting on a pallet, so I'm going to move that pallet out of the way, start maneuvering some things around the yard, clean everything up a little bit. Um, and I'm going to reposition the biodigester actually closer to the house. Um, that way it's um, less distance to walk back and forth to deal with um, dumping the food waste into the biodigester. Um, the other thing is to... Um, so if you guys are unfamiliar with any of my videos or some of the other podcasts re regarding biogas, um, definitely check them out. Um, it's... I don't know. I don't know why it excites me so much, but it does. I don't know. It's weird. I get a kick off the weirdest things sometimes, like getting the skidster working again. I don't get a kick off of it too much, but like the other things I do, it's weird. So um, yeah, biogas is a a, a very unique. Um, well, at least I, I should say, a biogas digester is a very unique um, concept. And it works very well. I have videos on it. I have podcasts covering a lot of that information as well. Um, but um, we're going to be um, diving into that quite deep. And the reason for it is um, I'm going to actually be implementing probably two or three biodigesters um, at different properties. So the one at my current off-grid home, um, I'm actually going to, like I said, relocate it next to the house. Um, so it's a lot closer, plus to the gas lines that I have to run is going to be a lot lot closer, and I don't have to deal with um, uh, so much materials and time and labor because of the distance I have it at now. Um, so what, that's why I basically shut it down, and I emptied it out, and I'm going to move it closer just to make it more friendly for me to you know utilize that biodigester. But um, biodigesting bio itself is an anaerobic digestion, um, system essentially it's a oxygen starved environment um, where you have uh, microorganisms um, eating and um, consuming food waste um, or, um, organic material and the byproduct of these organisms eating away and consuming all this material is um, uh, methane okay a very 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 usable source of methane and so, uh, like I said, if you guys are unfamiliar, look at my YouTube channel. I show videos of me cooking on it. I show videos of me running a um, heater in my house, as an example. Um, I also have a biogas um, on-demand hot water heater installed. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely all for biogas because it's free gas. All your scrap food that you normally throw away in the trash, you just throw it in the biodigester and it converts that trash... Or waste into usable energy that you can you know um, cook with you can take hot showers with um, 
you can do you can do many things. You can run generators on it. Um, the way to think about it is like this: think of a bio digester, the gas, the methane gas, as natural gas. So anything that you can use to run on natural gas, you can pretty much run on um, the bio the biogas uh, methane. So it's the exact same concept, very similar gas, and it works on natural gas appliances. And if it doesn't, it's a very easy to modify them to make them, make them work on it. So, um, yeah, we're going to be moving that. And then I might I might be implementing two more biodigesters at two different properties um, that I own um, that, has, that have homes on it and, um, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, I want to get my other one um, up and running again. Um, get it closer to the house, get that one squared away. And then once that one's up and running and producing a lot of gas, um, you know, we'll, we'll let that rip for a little while. And then from there, we'll get ready to install a brand new um, biogas system on another property. Now, the brand new one that I'm going to be implementing at a different property may or may not be the exact same biodigester um, that I'm going to be, that I have at my off-grid home. So I do have videos, like I said, of what it looks like, how it operates, um, that kind of stuff. Um, this one is basically a biodigester in a greenhouse. Um, it comes like this. You, you buy it like this. And um, that's the one that I have. Uh, I'm going to be moving. That's my newer one. Some of my older videos are biodigesters that I made from scratch out of um, a recycled pool filter. Um, also an IBC tank. Um, and some other things I've experimented with. Um, so... Like I said, on the other properties, I may or may not be implementing the exact same style, but essentially it will be a biodigester. Um, well, I'm looking cost-wise. I want to save money, but I also want to see what the benefits are for the, from the different designs. And so, um, yeah, as you guys know, in a greenhouse, it does get very hot. Um, so that's what we want to do. We want to keep the biodigester, you know, pretty warm. You know, 95 degrees is pretty optimal. That's kind of where you want to keep it. Now, keep in mind, our human bodies are roughly around 98 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, so that's essentially what it is, is a stomach, right? A biodigester is a stomach. Just like our stomach, we put food in, our bodies consume it, break it down. We take the energy, we grow our muscles, we get taller, you know, it keeps us alive, right? Well, a biodigester is the same thing as a stomach and it has to kept, be kept warm. So... Um, yeah, if you live in a um, cold climate, um, that's going to be more of a challenge for you to use a biodigester. I'm not saying it's not it's not impossible. It is 100% possible, but there's going to be more steps or um, extra processes that you may have to take in order to um, maintain a more constant temperature in your biogas digester. So, you know, it's, it's definitely possible. But if you live in warmer climates to begin with, then you're pretty much set. You know, you're, you're ready to, to go, you know. So, um, that's kind of where we're at. I'm actually driving through traffic right now. They're repairing all of our bridges over here. Some of the bridges are in really bad shape um, to the point where they now have a weight limit of um, 12, 12 tons or less. Um, so, they're definitely um, working on repairing a lot of these bridges. So, we have a lot of traffic right now. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to get that radiator installed, get the... Uh, skidster fired up and then i can put the forks on it and start moving things around my yard start um organizing again and i'm excited to uh, move that biodigester and get that started i'm actually kind of hoping by maybe tomorrow 
if I can move the biodigester today, get it leveled off, um, then maybe by tomorrow, if everything goes smoothly, um, I should be able to go ahead and restart the biodigester back up, uh, which means I'm starting it from, from f f you know, um, fresh, from scratch again, which means um, you fill it up with water all the way, and then you're going to go ahead and put um, manure, either cow manure or horse manure, um, into the biodigester. And then after you put it in, in a slurry, um, you're just basically just going to let it sit um, until it starts producing gas. Once it starts producing gas, then you can start feeding it your food waste. Um, but don't feed it before that. You have to wait until you actually get gas production. Um, make sure the microorganisms are moving around and doing their thing, releasing some gas. Uh, and then, you know, you're ready to start putting food waste in. So that's where I'm going to be um, maybe tomorrow or the next day trying to get that going. And I'm going to be doing the biodigester in between um, me working on the fence line and moving equipment around and bulldozing and everything else. So um, stay tuned, guys. Definitely. I'm also um, recording, um, you know, some videos on some of the stuff that we're doing. I just haven't released it yet just because some of these projects are not completed, like the fence line. Um, even the bulldozing is almost completed, but not quite. So I can't release any of these videos until after, uh, you know, these projects are completed at least. So I do have a lot of footage from different projects, but um, as we start accomplishing them and tackling them, um, you know, I can go ahead and complete the videos and then start editing them and releasing them. So definitely uh, stick around for them. So anyway, guys, uh, stick around. We're going to have some interesting content coming up on the podcast and on the YouTube channel. But for those of you that... Uh, are on the podcast you guys get first hand you guys basically get the behind the scenes um, information of what's happening you know more on the ground you know um, the YouTube channel I have to be more I'd be a little bit more specific about how I film or what I'm going to be releasing there's a lot of stuff I would love to put on YouTube but you know at the end of the day um, you know I have to pick and choose what's going to work you know so stay tuned guys see you guys in the next one